Welcome to What's My Thesis. I'm your host, Javier Proenza. Every week, my guests and I share the answers we found to the questions we have. Join us as we explore and expand our worldview and ask, what's my thesis? And today, my guest is Gerald Collins, uh, who's actually visiting. Do you, are you visiting or are you living out here now? I'm actually visiting. Visiting? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. That's nice. Uh, uh, yeah. And you, you're originally from where? From Detroit? Yes. Originally from Detroit. Yeah. Cool. Born and raised there. All right. Did, did, were you introduced to me by um, Chelsea? Yes. Okay. Yep. All right. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, you know, dude, I'm, I make the schedule so far in advance. It's, so, it's such a trip. Hey, All right. But then it. the fact that you were in LA threw me off. So, cause you were saying like, it was, you were saying like, Hey, we're on for six 30. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like <laughs> I was expecting there to be like a time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No worries. So are you from Detroit? Well, I definitely want to ask you about Detroit. I mean, Mm-hmm. I know LA and Topanga enough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right, so you're from Detroit? Yes. Yep. Born and raised. You grew up out there. Yep. Yeah. And then, uh, and what kind of work do you do? Um, so I deal a lot with light and space, film, photography, and sculpture. And just to be clear, like your perp- your hair is blue. Like I'm looking at it, <laughs> or is that just it's, a camera uh, trick? It's actually, it's blue. Yeah, it's a bunch of different blues. <laughs> it's a bunch of different blues. All right. I like it. <laughs> I just couldn't tell because the background was all blown out. And I was like, yeah. is that a, a lens thing or no? All right, cool, man. So, uh, all right. And then what brought you out here? Just like uh, summertime fun? Uh, no. Well, I'm just hanging out with some friends of mine. And then also, like, you know, all of us are kind of, like, creative. So we kind of just, like, bounce stuff off each other and you know figure out how we can like come together and help each other out in different ways so so it's like a, a bit of an art residency <laughs> you could call it that yeah. yeah no i mean that's basically what you do you make work and you show it to people and you talk right so <laughs> in some residencies i've heard of, of of ones where where that's not the case right but right <laughs> this is la so that's how how that goes <laughs> so can you give me an idea of like uh the scene what the scene is like in uh, in detroit like uh, i mean i talked to, i think a little bit about it with uh mm-hmm. with chelsea but mm-hmm. uh uh, Chelsea A Flowers, which who she goes by uh, Chelsea AF, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea AF, classic. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and what's it called? So yeah, so like, I def- there's definitely an indie scene out there, and there's a gallery scene too as well. I imagine. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And like, what, like, was, is that are are you part of any collectives out there? Like, what? How do you huh? how do you get involved? Um, so it's, it's, I have an interesting kind of like relationship with like Detroit and the the art scene. Um, I actually like, I started out like drawing and painting and stuff as a kid. So I participated in a lot of like contests and things like that as a kid in Detroit. Um, Mm. and then I moved out of Detroit and then like my work brought me back down to Detroit. So it's kind of like, I went out of Detroit and I like went to college. I like made like some work there that eventually like got the eyes of people that became my mentors in Detroit on the art side to bring mm-hmm. me down there. And then I just started doing work down in, in downtown actually. Where'd you, where'd you go to school that, that, the, that brought you, uh, this, this, like, like you, that wasn't in Detroit? No, no. I went to Oakland university in Rochester. It's a suburb called Rochester Hills. Oh, okay. 
Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I'm glad you clarified because I immediately, yeah. immediately thought like you. So New York? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> My geography is very uh, is very yeah. terrible, but <laughs> especially in colder parts of the world. I'm from Florida. <laughs> I know, man. I'm trying to get, escape the colder parts. As you can see. <laughs> um, but I, but I, I do find Detroit's an interesting place. I, uh, like I, I mean, especially just because of the working class, uh, mm. you know, history there, like the the middle class being a big um, part of it. So I'm always interested, you know, in like in a place like that where like. I mean, you know, we don't have to get into like all right. of, all of how all of what's happened. I don't want to mm-hmm. bum us out, yeah. but <laughs> and relive the thing. <laughs> but it's it's an interesting place with an interesting history that is like you know, mm-hmm. we, which has themes that are interesting to this podcast in general, right? Like mm-hmm. they come up in other places as well. Mm-hmm. A very a very rich history, honestly. Like I can say, like just being in a creative space because, like not only do I do the artwork, but also like I went to school for graphic design. So I do a lot of like design work for people at times. And um, in being in that, like seeing the things from that angle, there's a lot of like things that I've learned about the music scene and just being in it um, and how rich that is and how all of the creative, all of the creative lanes in Detroit are somewhat rooted and connected to each other. And they just kind of like, it, it, once you get into them, you start to find out how rich the history actually really is. And so it's almost like those subculture type of like situations where you go and you find like what you're looking for. And then you mm-hmm. figure out how to like maximize that as best as possible. So what what uh, are you are you at all? I, am I just making this up or is Detroit Techno a thing? No, Detroit Techno is a okay. thing. At the, at the home of it. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I was gonna say. I was it. like, am I, is, am I thinking Chicago? No, because <laughs> <laughs> so so like okay, so yeah, and there's there's a, a rich history in that, and there's like you know that's closely or somewhat sonically tied to like electro, which mm-hmm. is which was big out here. Uh, which I didn't grow up here, so like I'm from Miami, so like okay. uh, t- uh, you know the techno music over there. Excuse me, the techno music over there is also very very popular so there's like a radio station called wvum mm-hmm. that has like it's like it's college radio but it's not like it's not like i don't know if you ever watched clueless the movie but like it's, <laughs> i have seen clueless <laughs> back in the day yeah <laughs> and that one where they're like oh my god college rock it's not, <laughs> it was more like dance music and like it was pretty interesting stuff so i got exposed to a lot of cool stuff on that Mm-hmm. And there was a period where they try to go commercial. I may have told this story before, but anyway, so like, how did you end up like what is, you were saying that there's all these different things. Like what are the things that you're tapped into? Right. So like, really, so really like more on the artistic side and also like in the music scene and kind of like, I've worked my way into this almost like interesting space where you don't, you can kind of consider it almost like a creative director for other people at times Um, because I'll get like, you know, a commission job to do a projection, you know, on the side of a building. And I've done that before. And what that job entailed was essentially like allowing me to kind of have the creative freedom to just make something that, you know, is inspired by the client. So they actually, you know, believed in me enough and believed in what I was already doing to just go ahead and kind of like, let me like take the reins and help them out as best as I can. 
they were they were hiring you because of you, not because they wanted you to do what they wanted you to do. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, but well, I, the, I guess what I was asking was more, and and this is interesting. I don't, I, I, but what I w- was more getting into was like the idea of like what is it? What was your scene growing up? Like, were you oh, into okay. Detroit techno and that kind of thing? Um, like, you know, you know what um, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I wasn't actually like I always kind of had a love for kind of just like or just random music or kind of like a diverse music taste. I'll say I always kind of had that through hearing songs through like movies and cinema and things like that. So I would hear something in like a movie and I'm like, yo, that song is sick. But at times I was just too lazy to like look it up or I just didn't even know. I would like try to match the chorus and be like, oh, he said this like five times. So this must be the name and like try to find <laughs> it. But um, it never That's the like primitive Shazam. right? There. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know, I, I definitely had like a diverse taste, but the older I've gotten um, and the deeper I've gotten into like the music scene and just knowing more about it in Detroit, the more I've kind of like diversified my like palette on just different music. Like it introduced me, you know, I had a homeboy in Detroit who introduced me to Dame Funk, who's from here, who's from L.A. And Dame, like what's Dame that? Funk is his name. And what kind of music is that? He makes electronic music. Um, All right, cool. So it's like more of like electronic, but like it's his own like he has his own like aesthetic to it, like sonically. So that was something that was cool. But, um, and I actually ended up kind of like almost getting a project with him at one point, which was cool. <laughs> so, you know, we actually became kind of tight through Instagram randomly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are, those are handy relationships, man. <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. It, it was wild. I was like, Whoa, like Dame Funk. I'm like, I'm super fan of this dude. Like, and then he like follows me and starts liking pictures and commenting on my artwork actually. Yeah. So, you know, I guess I guess I'm just kind of hitting you up for like recommendations at this point. So <laughs> what? Uh, but all right, at Dame, Dame Funk, Dame, like D, yeah, like Dame. Dame Dash. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. But Dame without Funk. a knee. <laughs> that without, without a knee. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll try to find it. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, no, no, when you said without the E, I'm like, am I going to be able to spell this later? D A M space funk. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so damn funk, but like yeah. it's, it's pronounced Dame. Mm-hmm. I like it. I can do yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> cool, man. So did you have a topic that you wanted to get into today? Um. Yeah. So, I mean, I have like, I have this like main thing that I think I want to use to like bridge everything together because um my practice is kind of like rooted in like this whole thing about like human like experience and evolution i guess so like i have this thing that i wrote down like the seven rays of life and evolution so it's all about like the colors and how they relate to different sectors of our life um Mm -hmm. and how we can use the understanding of that and the experience of that in our real time to like distill them down and understand that we have these connections and that these things are actually important even though they seem mundane can you adjust your your camera just so that there's less sky there? I think that because it's like kind of flickering out. All right, now I can see you a little okay. bit better. Cool. So, all right. So it was the seven what? Uh, seven rays of life. Seven rays of life. So can you break those down? Um, so there's like so basically it's like the color like the light spectrum. So it's red, okay. orange, yellow, green, blue, uh, violet. So it's pretty much the light spectrum, but all of those colors relate to different sectors. It comes from a book that I read a long time ago um, called uh, Color Therapist. 
color therapy of something. Oh man, I'm forgetting the name right now. It's all but, good. It's all good. Yeah. Um, I'm more interested in the idea. Go on. Yeah, no, definitely. But I, I read this book a while ago where basically it talked about kind of the relationship of color and even just in human like interaction, like or how they cre- human creation, I'll say. So making clothing. So what that actually means in like back in BC times, like when they wore specific like robe colors and things like that, and what that meant for specific cultures at that time. Um, and then now fast forward into modern day time, like using that same concept to relate it to like the light spectrum, which is what we see when it rains, rainbow. So. Mm-hmm. So, like, are there specific examples of like th- of colors uh, that people? I'm just like kind of a history bro, yeah. a nerd. So, do you remember any of those from the book, or or um, are, are you? Do you have examples like that well, are contemporary? I give, yeah, I can give you some because um, I don't. I off the top of my head from the book, no. But I mean, I've studied it for a long time, so I can kind of just like run down a, like things that I know about a few of the colors. Um, so, like, in for instance, like violet is one thing that I've like studied. And that's really like an interesting color because it always is like tied to like this mysticism um, or purple being. But people always say purple, but I've learned that purple is actually not a real color through just studying the light spectrum and how our eyes perceive it. Um, So now like relating that back to what those colors actually mean, when you look at violet, violet is actually like a totally different meaning than purple. It is actually a totally different hue when you lay them out next to each other. So, um, that so think when, that's when, you, not, when you say that purple isn't a real color, what do you mean? So like basically in the light spectrum, when you see purple, that's at the end of, or when you see violet, that's at the end of the, or when blue and red meet within the spectrum. So our eyes is actually not seeing purple. It's actually seeing a combination of blue and red that appears purple. Okay. Or violet. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And then go on. Keep, keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just trying to get into the space. No, 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 no. For sure. For sure. Um, and then basically from there. Um, so my whole thing is kind of like, I don't know, like, wh- I'm sorry. I'm like, <laughs> what would you, I'm trying to like figure out like the question exactly. Like what, how do you want me to like answer it exactly? Oh, uh, no. I mean, yeah, no, that's fair. I, I like I'm just trying to understand because so it sounds like it there's like a metaphorical thing that is happening between the the color spectrum right mm-hmm. and so so you're kind of talking about it both uh, both as like visual light and 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 how visual light is happening physically mm-hmm. uh, but but I'm trying to get uh, like is it, am I mistaken in the idea that there is a correlation to like a metaphorical no, no, happen. you're right. You're right. You totally okay. Right. So that that's 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 actually more what I'm asking about okay. instead of how like the, like I mean so like you're saying that you I guess what I'm understanding mm-hmm. and you can correct me if I'm wrong is mm-hmm. that there you have uh, basically a range of colors that are uh, that represent visible light and you can't see things that aren't there. Right. It's interesting when you said purple isn't a real color because like I find that blue and purple is like one of the most like hotly contested like 
it's the hardest one for people to decide whether something is purple and blue than yeah. any other colors in the spectrum, right? <laughs> I see you mm-hmm. nodding, so you know. You... Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I almost like slipped and said, "Is your hair purple?" <laughs> I've gotten that question <laughs> for sure. <laughs> well, there is there. There's a two hues that next to the brighter parts, like mm-hmm. it, it can uh, it can look a, 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 a little bit more on that that end. But and, and like it's, I'm, I'm looking at you through a camera, so it's different, you right? Know? Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So so okay. So then, so it's like, is there like, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna go. My go to are the dumb questions, no, right? No, no, so, no, 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 questions <laughs> no, no, no. Like to, like the childish ones. Uh-huh. So like the the most basic ones. It's like, is it like, are there things that have like a purplish vibe like i used to like you know when I, not, i'm not saying synesthesia mm-hmm. uh, i'm talking about like more like when you're a kid you're like oh that person has like kind of like a yellow personality yeah as opposed to like you get what i'm saying is yeah. it that kind of thing that we're talking about um it could it could it, it's related it for me personally it kind of is rooted in that for me like how i make the work personally and how that how i'm inspired to make the work um, but I don't think I, what what it's cool about it is actually because we're dealing with just color here. All of the people's different experiences are like subjective and all of their like opinions on an art is subjective. So for me, like as an artist and as a creative person, that is what kind of allows me to kind of play in this space and lay out possibility for people to kind of just look at and understand more about themselves so for instance like I did an installation last year with an organization called Playground Detroit out of uh, Detroit Um, and basically this installation was inspired by me constantly staring like at the moon and the sun at different times of the whenever like different times of the day but also like just throughout my days because I go on nature walks a lot so um, I always see these things and in making this piece it it actually was a 10 foot by 14 well 14 foot by 10 foot wall that actually had a void within the middle of it that ended up looking like and mimicking the actual sun and moon but it was in different colors and it spread out throughout the days and different and it changed at different times so that allowed people to have that subjective experience that we talked about where just like in real life if you see the sun at different points of the day you're going to get a different experience of it or like last year when I came to LA after the fires, I was able to see the sun and how it was filtered from the smoke. So yeah. that was another thing. And it recently just happened in Detroit, actually. So really, what, what kind of fires? Just like forest fires? Um, it was fires like the smoke spread from Canada. So Detroit oh. is like super close to Canada. So like this fire, the smoke from some fires that happened in Canada, like it basically spread all the way over like Detroit. And I think it spread over a couple of other states not too far from uh, Michigan. Um, Because I know I saw in D.C. it did the same thing as well. So, like, that was kind of one thing that I did that allowed people to kind of, like, move with it and live with it as if we live with it in real, like, we live with it in real life, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, not to go off topic, but Mm -hmm. have you watched the videos of people driving through that stuff in California? Like, I've seen a couple of them. I did. It's fucking scary. Like, I was like, (laughs) oh, yeah, I get it. Like, it's like terrifying. And I was like, I watched it. I was like, you don't fucking know what's on the other side (laughs) of that shit. No, you're right. You're right. It's like, 
Holy shit. I personally wouldn't do it, but I mean, <laughs> but what's I, your choice? You're just gonna burn. <laughs> right. You know, that's that's not that's not where it's we like, want to go. It's like it's this weird thing where you're watching someone just go on faith entirely that like everything <laughs> will be okay. Oh my god, it's gotta be oh, so hot. Can you imagine like just cranking your AC and it's not, like, <laughs> <laughs> blows out like 90 degree air? <laughs> yeah, oh my god, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, getting sidetracked. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, and uh, when you when you said with the, now the way that you're talking about color makes me wonder what did you actually what did you study in in school? So in school, like they actually it the color stemmed from me studying painters. Okay. Um, so I personally studied like Picasso. I studied Wolitsky, Kandinsky. Um, these van- or not even just painters. It's just a multitude of people that deal with that. Um, a lot of Bauhaus alum. So you know, I studied Bauhaus, and that was like something like Albers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. That was super like, like- to the square and all of those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, so but so we you mentioned that you work in photography and a whole bunch of different things, right? So like, mm-hmm. uh, were you studying painting at that time? Is that where that interest came? Or, um, I, yeah, well, I was taking a painting course at that time. Yes. But yeah, I used yeah. to paint as a kid too. Cool. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, you had mentioned that and that, but now you don't identify as like a partial painter or anything like that. You um, do you draw? Cause yeah, I, 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 okay. Yeah. I'm, I'd also do installation. I'm just nice. trying to figure out, you know, cause yeah. like, like yeah. where are we similar? Right. 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 No, <laughs> I don't yeah, consider definitely. myself a painter, but I could paint. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, like, definitely. You know <laughs> definitely. No, I um I've drawn like I've been I actually learned how to draw at age four. So like okay, I learned how to draw and like that was kind of like my first passion. And then I guess like I got too cool for it as I started growing up. And then as I went to college, I didn't really know what I was gonna do. And then I was just like, oh, I had this epiphany, literally. Crazy story. I had a I was gonna go for business. I had a school mm-hmm. of business t-shirt on. And I was getting ready to declare my major officially. So I had to like bubble everything in. And long story short, I'm standing in the line and I was just like, man, there were two people in front of me. And I was like, man, thinking in my head, all of this happened in like 10 seconds. And I'm like, uh, do I like, man, you don't need to go to school for business. Like business is something that you have to experience. Like you learn that from experience. You can't for me personally, I don't really believe that like you can be taught that obviously there's like basics, but you have to go through things to kind of learn about it. Um, so I was like, no, don't go for that. I was like, well, what am I remotely talented in that I don't know that much about yet? And I'm like, uh, well, I can draw graphic design. So, and then I just literally put that in and I ended up in like that court, all those different courses. Did you ever pursue, a? uh, a graphic design career like full-time and stuff or were you once you started that you we just realized like that was the first push towards artists um honestly I well I didn't pursue one like consistently I I did work as I did work as a graphic designer right out of college um at a company for a while but I didn't pursue anything my thing in college was I set up a lot of courses. I set up my courses to be as multi-dimensional like as possible or to learn as much as I can and maximize the information. So I took a very like diverse list of courses from painting to photography to like black and white film photography. Um, so I learned film actually before yeah. I learned digital for real. Um, uh, also like taking painting courses, drawing courses, design courses, branding courses, typography courses. So 
I took a lot of different things to kind of like learn as much as I can because I was thinking small in the very beginning, like, oh, well, someone will hire, somebody will hire me. Like somebody has to hire me with all these skills. But um, at the end of the day, it kind of, when I learned about the Bauhaus, it was like, oh, well, you can show me someone who can design a house or design a chair or design a lamp. And they also can like make a like kick-ass poster or something like that if, if they need to, or if they choose to. Yeah. So that was one thing that really forced me to say, okay, well, I want to be more than just a graphic designer if I can be. Yeah. Did you, did you ever get into like, um, the, uh, the German data, the, like the, the, uh, not so much. Not so much. Okay. So no, much. I was just trying to relate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got busted. <laughs> yeah. Not so much. I mean, I, I do enjoy, um, the urinal, you know, uh, Marcel yeah. Duchamp, the, the urinal. But no, I would, no, no, that, I'm talking more like the, the, fo- the photo montage. You may have not seen some of the oh. stuff. It's, it, you know, like, I, I, I mean, college education is so specific to like who's teaching you stuff right like yeah. you know my I, for me there's a huge blind spot in like the like contemporary stuff to begin yeah. with right it, yeah. or not contemporary like but like what's happening now right, right? like <laughs> no definitely i understand so 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 i mean that's like uh if I wanted to have like big superstar artists on the show, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even know where to fucking begin because I don't know who they are. I'm kidding. <laughs> to some no, degree. definitely, of course, right? You've had like a killer con, a killer list of people on the show. I I did my research. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So then let's go back a little bit to the to the color spectrum thing. Now that we gotten a little bit more of of uh, of of how you're approaching it, because mm-hmm. one of the things that you said that that was interesting is that when you were talking about how visible light was like the color purple is made out of, of made up of blue and purple and i don't know if that's the case with like photography if you're thinking in terms of like cmyk but no. but the point is taken because it's the same shit it's made up of two different like you know it's on a yeah. it's on a scale anyway yeah. like there's you know get what i'm saying so like yeah. that's a quibble mm-hmm. i was just i bring it up more than anything because i was interested that's what got me curious about like um you know because like you're saying some things that are very photographer minded mm-hmm. and like as an installation artist that's kind of i kind of think that like when you when you play with photography you just start to think about media itself mm-hmm. you start getting meta about it a little mm-hmm. bit right yeah. uh, but it sounds like you kind of did that with photography but but when you're thinking of color your main in your main um and you all, have you you didn't really get into color until you started doing digital, right? So like, well, that's a different. That's a lot less yeah. satisfying of a tactile experience than when you're in a fucking dark room. Right. Like, Let me put some filters. You know, like that's why it's stuck in my fucking head that no, way. Definitely. Through, through painting. So anyway, we're just I'm just being an art nerd. But yeah. So tell me. So tell me more about the the color spectrum and like and how it relates to to the work because I think that that's kind of where where it's a little bit easier to, to verbalize what, like mm-hmm. how it applies and how you've digested this uh, book that you read a while back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, for the color spectrum, like me personally, if you, if you've looked at, if you've seen a lot of like my work, even from the past, um, it's been a specific spectrum that I've like, or palette, I would say that I've like developed for myself that 
I've worked in specific colors. So one of the very first things that like had me kind of thinking about this specific example that I gave you of violet or purple, um, depending on which one you want to call it. But um, that specific example kind of started when I was doing a thesis in college and I was like, man, I was thinking in a very painterly way in that point because I used to paint. So I've mixed all these different colors together and in the past I've done these things. So I'm like, okay, if physically when you mix blue and red paint or a, cray or a crayon or anything, it, it comes together and it makes purple. So mm -hmm. then I'm like, okay, well, psychologically, do they mix? Is it the same type of motion psychologically so, so you're that, saying like the cycle does do if you add your psychological relationship to blue and red do you end up with a psychological purple yes okay yep. i like that mm -hmm. all right keep going so, <laughs> so um so basically and actually in my research i ended up finding out that it is very similar it is where you know where red has a very like specific energy about it it actually increases your metabolism it may you know even if you look at fast food restaurants that's why like in their branding a lot of it is red because it makes people like want to eat and it makes them feel like they can like just get it on the go mcdonald's is like one of the like big examples of that um yeah. but in that like I was able to actually find out that purple is a mixture of all of those different emotions or sentiments that is that are tied to blue and red separately. So purple actually has its own connotation with the mysticism, the spirituality, the things like that, but also blue and red it also still has the calmness of blue and it also kind of still has the energy of red when you're dealing with the warmer with the warmer purple um, yeah, yeah 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 definitely wherever you are on that uh, uh, like you know if it's more red of a mm -hmm. purple or more blue of a purple mm -hmm. the, the, the the overlying tendency when mm -hmm. you, you oh you just said something that was fascinating to me and i forgot uh, was it about the psychological no it, it was something related to it but um, I forgot. Keep to mm. keep talking. It, it no, might yeah, come back for sure. For sure. Um, but <laughs> we're um, in a very like uh, elusive space. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like but you gotta no. get those thoughts. To yeah, grab them before sure. they go. Like. For sure. <laughs> um, but no. So like with with that, I ended up actually finding out that not it doesn't just happen for like purple or you know or blue and red in this case. It happens with all of the colors. So then for me. I started to look at them separately. So when I talked about the book that I read, the book described every single color as if it was related to a specific sentiment or emotion that we deal with in our day-to-day -day life. And these were talking about civilizations before us. So like how they actually perceived it and how they dealt with it. Even if you look at like uh, someone like John Wolfgang von Goth, like, you look at him, like he says that color is not only a scientific phenomenon. I have this written down here. So you're going to see me look down at some of my notes. But um, he says color is not only a scientific phenomenon. It is experienced by the way of the human perception and how the individual's brain processes information. So yeah. that's kind of where I ended up finding, okay, well, if I'm dealing with this light spectrum and I'm taking these rays of light and I'm starting to mix them to make my own palettes, what do they now communicate? 
psychologically. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like, even when you see like the hair, like that kind of was a very specific thing that I told the person, like I wanted these specific blues to put, to be next to each other, to see how they actually work dealing. Well, I mean, it it definitely, I, I brought it up because it had a a, a visceral reaction to me, like meeting you. Right. Like, so, so like, and it did, it did like uh, emotionally chill me the fuck out. too. (laughs) (laughs) Like immediately. No. Uh, Okay. And I actually did remember, I just didn't want to like derail you. I did remember what I was wanting to ask you. You mentioned that purple is like mystic Mm -hmm. and maybe we can get now, maybe now is a good time to get into like what these different different colors represent but tell me about that mystic because i'm i'm a little bit into the witchy shit you know like just a little bit just enough (laughs) (laughs) yeah no but i mean so purple like the mysticism comes from it not necessarily like if you just think about it when we see purple in real life it's always kind of like hard to it's always like a weird thing to kind of figure out how you feel about it right like when you look at it it's not like it's not a primary color it's not like secondary color it's like you know a mixture of two primary colors so mm-hmm. it's like okay well when you see that that's normally not everybody's taste level or that's not normally everyone's like just taste in general like oh well you know i want to have something purple or i want to have a purple roll or whatever and you think about that I started to kind of like break it down and I actually started to just use purple in my work to see if this was like an actual thing. So like my work has always kind of served as like a, a scientific, like almost experiment in a way, or like a social experiment in a way for me personally, just to observe it. So when I started using it in my work and using it specifically, like on certain images, like if I was in new Orleans and I took a picture in the swamp and I like, literally like filtered that photo like to the max to make it purple specifically but made it purple now I don't I can't understand if I'm like feeling calm about it or if I'm feeling like kind of anxious about it you know what I'm saying like looking at depending on the actual hue or the value of it mm-hmm. so that's what allows me also to have an endless palette as an artist because I'm playing with the spectrum here so every single time I might use the same base color, but I'm playing with the value. I'm playing with the chroma of it, or I'm playing with the actual hue of it Mm -hmm. to actually then start to say, okay, well, this now is actually the same color that you just saw from, you know, previous work or previous project or something like that. But it's a different value, a different chroma, a different shade. And then you start to see people's reaction to those colors and you can find that a lot of people like they're drawn to purple, but they don't know why. Mm-hmm. And that's and for me personally, I I'm into like the tarot cards and those things like that. So I actually got my tarot cards read in New Orleans and um some of the things that's a dope place to do that (laughs) (laughs) that was like I mean you know I was out there and I was just like you know I think this might be like kind of a scam but I'm just having fun and I'm like let's just and I'm like also like oh yeah this is like the land of like voodoo and things like that so hopefully like I learn like something like crazy and maybe it'll change my life at least they'll be really really good at the scam (laughs) right 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 it ended up doing it really ended up doing that like it was really like a profound thing for me yeah um but when I got my tarot cards read, fast forward a couple of months later, there was a lot of things that the guy said to me in that that were very apparent that I knew about myself. But I'm like, man, like, 
why do I do that? Like, why don't I speak up or why don't I do these things? Dude, but, I'm sorry to interrupt real quick, but like when you said it was a guy, I was immediately like my my image of Miss Cleo was like busted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish, I wish. I actually did see a woman in the French Quarter, and this was after I got mine red. So I was like, oh man, I'm not gonna pay. I'm not gonna pay twice. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, but, go ahead, go ahead. Oh yeah, you were t- sharing a profound experience, and here I am making <laughs> yeah, pop culture references. <laughs> but no. Um, in that, in doing that, I, um, playing with my hair color has kind of been a thing. So fast forward, I got my hair dyed by the same girl who did this color that it is now. But the first time I got it dyed, it was purple. That was the very first time I ever did my hair or anything. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why I wanted to do it, but I wanted to do it. And in doing that, the person, someone actually seen me and they were like, Hey, well, you know, you like your your spirit color it just seems like you know your spirit color is purple like that fits you perfectly and then I start to read a lot about that and also relate that to someone else reading my aura and -hmm. telling me that the aura was actually white and then actually once I read about that all these things kind of culminated to starting to make sense but kicking that back to purple it was like man now that I understand that this is something that is spiritually kind of representing me, because if you think about the mysticism, I'm not like even these interviews and things like that, I don't normally do them. And I'm Mm -hmm. not like a super outgoing person. You might think otherwise, but like, I'm not really like that. And I think that that kind of is part of that is like part of my character or part of just who I am as a person, that color represents a lot for me personally. Um, and then just seeing how other people have reacted to it when I've used it within my work and made it a part of my palette, it's interesting to compare my own emotions and my own sentiment to what people tell me when they experience the work. So, yeah. mm -hmm. No, I get that. That, that, uh, it's interesting. The, um, how, the, the sort of intangibility of your experience with the color and i get i get what like i get what you're saying about how it's especially having your hair be it like seems like you're outgoing because Mm -hmm. you're definitely making a statement that's outwardly expressed Mm -hmm. but i think what's interesting about purple as a color i and by the way i tried to uh, dye my hair purple with kool-aid when i was a kid (laughs) so i totally understand purple the appeal of purple as as a color but there's something there's something um just a couple of things that I, if I think about it are going on because it's like, first of all, is there's a statement that like, I'm in a space that like you can't necessarily go into, right? Like, cause who, who get the fucking pull off purple hair? Right. right? <laughs> like, no, that's what I'm like legit. And like, and, and, and then the other thing is sort of purple as a color, like in the way that we're talking about it. And, and I get what you're saying about the mysticism. What I'm picking up is that there's just this mysterious quality to it where, um, it sort of just feels right now. Actually, I just looked at your um, your Instagram because I, I just messaged you the the link for the Zoom, and your Instagram uh, icon is like got a bit of a purple vibe going to it as well. Mm-hmm. But the the idea of purple being sort of the, a little bit aloof as well, yeah. right? Like like a it sort of being slightly unattainable. It's what its essence is. You get what I'm saying, like yeah. so. So I, I get, I get why that resonates with you. Mm-hmm. And then also, 
I'm, not, oh, that, I'm hearing like a really high hum right now. Hopefully that's Maybe not from me. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. The, oh, forget fine. I said anything. You're fine. If I hopefully my GoPro won't explode. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how it goes. Right. <laughs> it stopped. It stopped. So it's at tough. least it won't ruin the rest of the interview. So okay. So you get what I'm saying though about about the color. Do mm-hmm. you, so can, can we get into some of the other descriptors that you were talking about? Yeah. Uh, in, in regard to um, to the book, and, yes. and then maybe start discussing like, well, I mean, since your hair is blue, uh, we can maybe touch on that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Why, why, why blue as the next color? Or did you have? Is it only been two colors so far? Um, no, I've done it a multitude of colors. Um, normally, like it kind of is an energy thing. So I might make a, I might have an installation, and the predominant color in that installation is green. So my hair at that time might be green. Um, so it's always just kind of an energy like relationship. Can I ask you a crass question? Yeah. In your experimentation, which color gets you laid most? <laughs> Man, to be determined. <laughs> to be oh, that's determined. right. You're not done doing your research. All right. <laughs> <laughs> to be determined. No, but um, I chose blue um, because, again, like right now, I've, so I've started a sculpture series not too long ago. And right now, um, I've started working in concrete last year. Um, it's always kind of been an idea that I've wanted to kind of like attack, but um, it just was never the right time. And for me, like as a creative person, I try not to like force anything. So you know, well, I'm like, working well, with concrete seems like it's a commitment. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> hey, definitely. Oh my God, let me tell you. Let me tell you, but um, no, like even in even in just doing that, like it was something that like I couldn't force the idea because the first idea that I made with concrete was actually a pair of like boots that was um, so the boots were actually filled with concrete that I mixed by hand and I like made it to a specific grade so that it withstood a specific PSI um, and it had a weight to it. Um, so these boots, it was something that was inspired by an experience that I had, like working a corporate job and like, I just didn't feel, you know, like the best about it. So for me, it was something that I had to just kind of get out. That series didn't go. Were you working for Raytheon? Man. Like you were, <laughs> I'm just trying to see how much it was weighing on you. Right, no, right. no, literally, literally. Um, but you know, in working that job, that was you can already kind of see the reference in that. Um, yeah. in describing the piece in that like short amount of time, but in doing that, it was kind of like, okay, well, now I have to kind of like I've gotten this out of my system. Now I don't really feel that this material is needed to make this piece anymore. So it was about me trying to find something that was honest to me that allowed me to make something using that material. I've studied that material for a long time because I kind of have always had a dream of building a concrete home. Um, So, you know, that's kind of always been something that I just wanted to learn about and working Mm -hmm. with. Um, And it led me to making these stacked stone sculptures encased in plexi um and now 
what that I'm making a modification on that to essentially make those sculptures glow. Um, so they glow blue actually. So they're powered by UV light. Um, so the environment literally, um, and then they charge. And then obviously as the light dims outside or in the environment or the space that it's inhabiting, it changes with it. Um, so, does it do it at like on a dimmer or does it just abruptly turn on <laughs> like it, it parking lot lights? It literally looks like it looks as if it's like crossfading. Yes, literally, because as it, it might still be some like ambient light coming in, but like mm. you can see like that, like yeah, yeah, yeah. really like light blue glow over the top of it as it continues to get darker. Um, so what that has ended up doing now is it's allowed me to kind of just look at the color blue. And for me, blue is another thing that's like related to, you know, someone who a past family member as well. Um, so in that, like that allows me to kind of have my own connotation to that color and now put that energy into that piece. So, um, you know, for myself, and then it can exude that for someone else, but I like the open-endedness of it because for me, it's always about kind of just having that dialogue. I don't yeah. want to actually tell someone, Hey, like I made this blue, so you should feel like this. I would. Well, rather yeah, no, I get, I get the, I get the need for the universal overlap. Like I, I definitely appreciate that. And I think that installation work, if it's like alienating, it can be like, encompassing mm -hmm. nonsense right yeah. like, or if you yeah. have to like fucking know sometimes it gets a little research heavy yeah. and it's like oh cool you're showing me your research not making art you know right right uh, <laughs> so i i respect that and i i totally have you ever had like someone because it, it makes me think of also the color field paintings right i think that that like that's yeah. uh that's rothko right yep and like have you ever had anyone just weep <laughs> like that um. yet I That'd actually, be dope. I actually have, so I've had people, it's interesting. I've always, I've had like really interesting reactions to a lot of different works. Um, I've had people, I, I've not had anyone weep yet, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I hope they don't, you know, I don't want them to be crying. I, I don't want them to cry. But, you know, no, no, I don't want you to cry. But if, it, if you have to, crying is good. So yeah. if you have to, you know, go ahead. But um, really, like, I was able to kind of get these reactions where people see, like, they would see, like, for instance, I did an installation in an old abandoned house. Mm -hmm. And um, people, went, they actually, the, the experience was not supposed to be, like, inside. It was actually meant to be experienced from the outside. Mm -hmm. um, but people were just so enamored with how this light was shining in this like house that was literally like damaged from fires and all these different things. So they wanted to go inside. And it was kind of like, you know, a, a, a little more casual of a show because it was a group show and it was outdoor. So it allowed people to kind of really interact with the work. So as an artist, I kind of just like let them do it. Yeah. And the reaction that I got, one of the reactions I got to that, which I still remember to this day, and this was three years ago um, or two years ago. But this guy, like he was saying to me that somehow the story of what I put into that piece connected to something that he was dealing with with his father at that time and how it prompted him to kind of think about the situation that he was dealing with a little differently and then go speak to his father from a different perspective. 
And that was kind of like, that was really crazy for me. Like I was like, like, I I don't, I'd never expect that. But like, it was, it was humbling. And I was like, man, you know, that's kind of like what this is all about is for me to allow people to do those things and find out what their relationship is to these things that literally are around us. Green trees, yellow light from the sun, all of these things, um, red flowers, purple flowers, violet flowers, you know, all these things that we see. Um, so but that, that story is interesting that you shared because it's like it speaks directly to the kind of impact and reactions that people in that in that space of ambiguity can have. Right. And so, like, if you were just a little bit more deliberate, you wouldn't have the opportunity for something like that. Like, I mean, I was kind of joking about the crying thing, but like that, that, you know, um, whatever does it does it i guess yeah no it's it definitely it definitely is a thing you know like you have to get that out because that's a part of your like palette of emotions it's a natural thing so um and i know you know personally like meditating and things like that sometimes you just have those releases and it doesn't really you don't really know where it comes from or why it happens but sometimes it just kind of happens and it loosens you up it literally is like releasing things out of you so Um, you know, you have to kind of do that at times for sure. How old are you, man? 26. 26? Mm-hmm. Shit, man. You're way ahead of me. <laughs> on, <laughs> you, on your emotions. Fuck. Man. Ah. <laughs> man, rough, rough, rough childhood, man. Rough, rough, rough experiences in the childhood, man. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That, that, I could see how that, that would be. Uh-huh. Uh, did you, did you do any therapy or just work on yourself? Um, more so. So I actually, that's how I ended up working in light and color and things like that. That's another way is I actually, used chromotherapy on myself so chromotherapy i'm not familiar um, at all light therapy so using like a specific um chroma or intensity uh, that's another word for it or saturation would be another word for it Um, when i say intensity i'm just speaking too light um but using a specific saturation of a color to then prompt it to like prompt these emotions to kind of like come to the forefront and I would meditate in those, like in these spaces. And that just kind of allowed me to make sense of a lot of things that I've like dealt with in my life. And I'm like, oh, okay, like, you know, this is how I'm able to put this into a total, total different package and a totally different perspective. And then like go out into the world and use it as like essentially fuel to say, hey, you know, this is how I can make this type of work now. That's interesting. I've never heard of chromotherapy, but it sounds very, uh, it's, it's interesting because it sounds really intimate with like with the self, you get Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I was actually talking more like talk therapy, which is like what people usually think of. Yeah. Yep. But that's interesting. I wonder, I, 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 I don't, I, I mean, yeah, that sounds, that sounds like, uh, like, like a useful <laughs> yeah no it was <laughs> sort it was, of it was okay. interesting it was interesting it was what it what, did you what, ever weep from it yeah definitely definitely okay. um that's not that's what i'm saying like if you're just sitting there looking at a con- color contemplating i can see how that would be yeah, fucking definitely <laughs> definitely definitely it, it it and honestly sometimes like now the my meditation practice is like super important to a lot yeah. of this um and it's um now transcendental like tm um yes i do that too as well i do that but i also do like guided meditation 
Um, okay. So sometimes like I have specific like things that I find that like mean something to me and I would hear them like over and over and over again and just kind of like use that as a way to access transcendental meditation where I'm like thinking of a specific thought over and over and over again until like it becomes something of like second nature. Um, but in doing those chromotherapy sessions, it has now kind of evolved to like doing meditation like in direct sunlight. Um, and what that has done for me has been like really interesting as well. Um, just from a standpoint of dealing internally, like physic like physical body, how you feel, but then also like dealing with the mental. And the interesting part about dealing with that chromotherapy type of situation, LED light will mimic the sun at a specific chroma. So when it gets to a specific like power, it will mimic the exact same. It will actually provide some nutrients that the sun provides. So that was another thing that I like kind of did research on before I started doing chromotherapy um, to see like if, you know, like what I was actually getting myself into. But that was my test. That was really like using myself as a guinea pig, too, because I had to understand if like light worked that way like mm -hmm. colored light worked that way for people so i just use myself as kind of like the test subject no it's it's interesting i uh this is definitely outside of my realm of like exploration it seems like you're a very intuitive person mm -hmm. which which is really interesting and that do you, you, you would you say that you have any synesthesia it doesn't sound like you're, that's what you're describing um, I don't. Do, do you do you associate like that colors with music and like things like that? Yes, I do. I I, I do. do. You hear music when you look at colors. I I mean I'm Sometimes. asking dumb questions. No 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 Sometimes. no. no, no. Okay. You're I'm asking dumb questions because I really don't know how synesthesia works. But it no, sounds like you might have that. Yeah. Oh wow. I might have to look up. I might have to look into it now because I've never really looked into it because I always thought like man I don't have synesthesia but when I do see things. I do, and I'm, I'm, almost, I'm always kind of like putting it together. So I am seeing like, okay, or I'm hearing something. So like dealing with music, I've been able to work in this space or get into a space where I can work with, you know, a couple of friends of mine now that are music artists um, to develop my own sound. So that was something that I did in college as well was building soundscapes. Um, so I worked with, you know, a musician homie of mine, his name is Kareem Ali. Um, to do like these soundscapes um, where he was able to kind of like put his musician genius to it to be able to bring the quality to a much different place and also access totally different sounds that mm -hmm. I could make or he can make them and craft them. But also like one thing that I've done is I've recorded sounds, natural sounds, whether they're it's birds or you know, if I'm like in an area like where I am now and there's like specific animals like coyotes or whatever it is the sounds that they make and then storing them and like pretty much like altering them to my own like wishes. And like mm -hmm. when I make these soundscapes, so the sounds are actually real, but like, I'm just adding a little thing to them to make them sound some a specific way um, because it fits what I'm making. So that's how I do film. A lot of the time I cut a film to the sound of the work, but I actually make the sound as well. So, yeah. Interesting, man. Well, I don't want to take too much of your time because you said you were on a tight schedule, but I really appreciate you being on the show. Do you have any stuff that you want to promote? Um, uh, where can people find you on Instagram, things like that? Do you have any websites? 
Um, yeah, so my Instagram is Gerald Collins underscore. Um, and then my website is just GeraldTCollins.com. Um, and yeah, no, I want to thank you again for having me on. And I really do appreciate it. Um, oh, dude, this has been fascinating to me, man. You know, like, that's what I love talking about artists. We're all on our own trip. Mm-hmm. And like, and we can kind of understand it and it helps us kind of in the long run with our own shit, you know, yeah, definitely. So that's literally why I do the show. So you were, you were well recommended. Like, I don't know uh, if, uh, if, uh, if Chelsea just knew that everybody finds you fascinating or if she <laughs> just knew that I would find you fascinating, <laughs> but, <I appreciate laughs> but she it. nailed it. And I want to thank her very much for introducing uh, to you. Same. To people in Detroit, she's she's got introduced me to a couple other people that I'm gonna have on. So, because I'm fascinated by different loca- locales. So, mm-hmm. if you have anyone that you want to refer me to, me man, I'm I'm always <laughs> down at. I like I have to make 50 episodes a year. So, oh, man, <laughs> oh, 52. so so you know, at a certain point, you're just like, hey, uh, hey, uh, do yeah. you, does your mom make art? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, your little brother, he was painting the other day, right? <laughs> <laughs> he did, he, actually, one thing that I did want to ask you: what kind of stuff were you drawing when you were a kid and competing? Were they like, was it like, uh, like manga? That's kind of what I was picturing because, because, you know, like I'm dumb, but it was it kind of stuff like that or no? Um, I actually drew dinosaurs. Okay, cool. Much cooler than what my imagination. (laughs) All right, cool. Anyway, uh, thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, thank everybody for, uh, for listening and we will uh, be back, uh, next week. And let me just stop.